spotted dermatology in your clinic? Well, in today's Fet Girl podcast, we'll discuss the prevalence and risk factors for growing methicillin-resistant staphylococcus, what we'll call MRS from now on, from dogs with pyoderma. First, let's talk pyoderma. Clinically, what do we see with dogs that have a superficial pyoderma? Classic lesions include pustules, papules, epidermal collarettes, and crusts. If you see these lesions, what's the best way to diagnose pyoderma in your clinic? Taking the time to do appropriate derm cytology. Remember to sample the contents of the pustule, not the pustule itself. For example, if there are only crusts present, make sure to lift up the edge of the crust to obtain your sample. Pressing a glass slide or piece of tape on top of a crust is unlikely to yield a diagnostic sample. What if you've done your appropriate derm cytology, diagnosed your canine patient with pyoderma, and find that your patient isn't responding to reasonable antibiotic therapy? FYI, reasonable antibacterial therapy for treating pyoderma includes common first-line antibiotic classes like cephalosporins, in other words, cephalexin, and lincosamides like clindamycin. It's important to suspect a resistant bacterial pyoderma if the infection is not responding. Typically, the most common cause of pyoderma in dogs is due to staphylococcal bacteria. Some of these bacteria may carry the MECA gene, which encodes an altered penicillin binding protein called PBP2A, which stands for Penicillin Binding Protein 2A. This altered protein interferes with the ability of beta-lactam antibiotics to inhibit cell wall synthesis. Is this a problem? Well, yes. We've all heard of quote-unquote flesh-eating bacteria and the growing prevalence of methicillin-resistant staphylococcus over the past few years in both humans and domestic animals. So Ecominol, out of UC Davis, hypothesized that dogs with pyoderma in a tertiary care hospital would have a higher prevalence of methicillin-resistant pyoderma than a primary care clinic. After all, they were seeing it after multiple attempts of treating, and resistance was a potential concern in these pyoderma patients. They also wanted to investigate risk factors that can contribute to developing these resistant pyoderma infections. So Ecominol conducted a prospective study between August 2010 and June 2011. They included dogs that were diagnosed with either new or recurrent pyoderma during their first visit to a veterinary teaching hospital, referred to as a tertiary referral hospital, or general practice, referred to as primary. 80 dogs with pyoderma at their initial visit yielded 89 staphylococcal isolates in the veterinary teaching hospital group. Of these, 38% were methicillin resistant. 33 dogs with pyoderma at their initial visit yielded 33 staphylococcal isolates in the primary care clinic. Of these, 27% were also methicillin-resistant. So what they found in the study was that the prevalence of methicillin-resistant staphylococcal bacteria was not significantly different between the two types of hospitals, tertiary versus primary care. What did they find that was important? The more antibiotics you give, the more the resistance occurs. Duh. The statistical significant risk factors for methicillin-resistant pyoderma for both locations was previous antibiotic administration during the year prior to initial exam. An additional risk factor for the tertiary clinic was hospitalization during the previous year. In other words, more bugs grow in our ICU. So what can we take from this Vet Girl podcast? The surprising finding in this study was that the likelihood of MRS pyoderma in dogs was the same between the primary and tertiary veterinary hospitals. Imagine if the cases in your clinic had the same prevalence of MRS pyoderma as this study, 
that means one in three dogs with pyoderma would have resistance. That's really bad, and reiterated that we need to be more judicious using antibiotic therapy, folks. Now, this study was based out of California. Keep in mind that there are geographical differences in the prevalence of methicillin-resistant pyoderma. So the prevalence in the study may not reflect what's happening in other areas of the country or world. For example, a referral dermatology clinic in Minnesota may still use empirical antibiotics frequently to treat pyoderma. However, a similar clinic in Texas may collect samples for bacterial culture and sensitivity on every pyoderma case. This article may not be able to report the prevalence of MRS pyoderma in your clinic, but it serves as a reminder of the importance of performing a bacterial skin culture if the patient is not responding to empirical antibiotic therapy. Knowing if there has been previous antibiotic administration in the past year can increase the index of suspicion for methicillin-resistant infection. Don't forget to look into why the infection started in the first place. It's important to investigate the underlying cause of the pyoderma. Skin infections can be secondary to allergic skin disease, parasitic disease, endocrinopathies, or even more. When in doubt, let's be judicious using appropriate antibiotic therapy, using the lowest effective gun possible, using the appropriate duration of treatment, and when in doubt, gram standing samples to get a better idea if our class of antibiotics is appropriate. Remember, culture, culture, culture. So important so we can make sure we're treating our resistant canine pyoderma cases appropriately.